big concern for a lot of people getting into podcasting, social media, or even marketing in general is the desire to be your authentic self without feeling phony while actually still growing your business. And it can sometimes feel like those desires are mutually exclusive. I mean, no one really wants to be another LinkedIn hustle guru. But that's not how it has to be. And today, I am delighted to speak with Sabrina Chavans, owner of the Complex Creative Branding and Marketing Agency and host of the No Bullshit Talks podcast. She's here to talk to me about being yourself authentically in your podcast, in your social accounts, and generally in your business. And that's what's up today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Sabrina, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you could join me today. Thank you so much for having me today. So first to kick things off, if there was any podcast in the world that you could listen to that does not exist yet, what is the show you would like most to hear? You know what? I feel like that question is impossible now because everyone and their dog has a podcast. Like it's just ridiculous. I feel like there's a podcast about literally everything. So I think it's quite a difficult one. I would have to say I love rants. I love hearing people just go off on a rant. I do it all the time and it's so therapeutic. I think that there should be a podcast which is just people ranting about something. (laughs) I mean, I actually wanted to do one myself, but... I chose not to do that, but I think it would be great. Like, I think there's so much passion in a rant. So interesting stuff comes out. But most of the time, if someone's that annoyed about something, there's usually some reason behind it. So there's an interesting Mm -hmm. story. They can also provide their opinion on something. And it's just entertaining. I think hearing people rant is entertaining. So I would love to hear a podcast, which is just every episode is a rant about something that pisses them off. That's what I'd like. That sounds like it could be a lot of fun. I, I bet there'd be some really like <laughs> hyper-specific. I think I enjoy listening to rants too. And one of my favorite types of rant are like super, super niche ones. Someone's just like, nope, the pickles are not the same as they used to be when I was a kid. And that's a problem. And like, I could listen to that all yeah. day. <laughs> exactly. It's like something that you think, why is anyone even remotely annoyed about this? But they are serious. And they've got like 22 points about why they're so annoyed about this. And it's just brilliant. Like, you know. <laughs> I think there's a lot of like fun creativity in coming up with something like that, too. Because most rants, you know, they're not totally off the cuff. They've been rehearsed a little. And, you know, people practicing anecdotes is, is always good practice to sound really good. And well, I mean, you were thinking about possibly starting that as a podcast. You started instead a different podcast. Could you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah. And I mean, it's probably not that different. <laughs> I probably do rant. Good self-awareness. That's excellent. Good to have. <laughs> I mean, I so see the podcast is called No Bullshit Talks. So mm-hmm. to be fair, there's a lot of stuff that comes up, which is real talk. And, mm-hmm. and that is the point. The idea is that Every episode is an interview with someone different and the podcast is aimed at small business owners and entrepreneurs because that's who my actual business, my agency, my day-to-day job is aimed at and we're known as the No Bullshit Agency. So there's definitely a correlation there. Mm -hmm. The purpose of it is that I feel like when I listen to interviews with famous people in general, the same questions are asked over Mm -hmm. and over again. And the scripted answers are so boring. It's mm-hmm. like someone's obviously rehearsed you for this, like your PR consultant, whatever it is, you know, because you mm-hmm. don't want to say the wrong thing because it will hurt your personal brand or, or whatever the reason is. And so I felt like I hear the same interviews over and over again. I hear the same, oh, must know facts about 
so-and-so, which is, Mm -hmm. I've heard like 27 times and it's just boring. So I wanted to create a series of interviews which are raw, which are different. And I ask the questions that other people won't ask. And so every episode, I bring on a different person from a different industry, different walk of life, but who has a lesson that Mm -hmm. they could teach to small business owners and entrepreneurs. But I go deep inside the questions and I ask them stuff that other people just wouldn't ask. And some stuff that might be a little bit controversial. I push back on stuff too, which I think mm-hmm. people don't like. So again, lots of stuff in, in podcasts or interviews, it's all about promoting them or this big, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, we do this and it's amazing. And I'm like, wait a minute, that just sounds like BS to me. And I will push back on it and I'll call them out on it. And I say, but what about this? What about mm-hmm. this? And I think it's good to get other perspectives on things. I'm not trying to deliberately be provocative most of the time. But but I do think that it's healthy to see things on different sides of the story sometimes. And I think that a lot of the time in, in media, there's just one narrative on mm-hmm. a viewpoint. I was going to say, I think you're, you're entirely right. I mean, especially when someone is really frequently interviewed, we call it the gloss. And as in an interviewer, you want to push through the gloss and get into what they actually think or something that they haven't rehearsed so deeply. Just to it does feel a little rude, especially if you're more used to polite conversation, right? Like you're having these conversations, you're asking questions that you wouldn't ask at a cocktail party because it would be terribly rude to do so in that kind of social setting. But in it makes good audio. It makes for like a really appropriate podcast. Yeah, I mean, you might ask it at a cocktail party seven cocktails in because you just don't realize what you're asking. But Fair that's point. when the fun <laughs> conversations happen. <laughs> and so you're making people do that completely unlubricated. Love it. so uh when did you think okay now as for my business or for my passion of this area i want to explore what made you think okay podcasting is the thing we've got to do now why did you start it like i said everyone on the dog had a podcast (laughs) so i thought i want one too yeah (laughs) but it was i think because so many people told me i should do it i'd been a guest on a couple and someone would tune in and say oh, I heard your podcast was so-and-so. It was brilliant. You should totally do your own. You'd be so good at it. And when you hear that so many times, you start to think, oh, maybe I would be good at it and maybe I should try it. And so I actually tried to do it. Well, I recorded five episodes a year before I actually started making the podcast. Oh, wow. So I did attempt it thinking, I'm going to do it. I'm going to interview people and then never released it because I just thought, oh, it's not going to be good enough. Classic imposter syndrome happened. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, no one's going to listen to it. Why would they care what I say? And then I thought, beginning of 2022, I was said, New Year's resolution. I don't call them resolutions. I call them goals. I do my yearly Mm -hmm. goals. And I was like, one of my yearly goals is in January. I didn't give myself an actual date, but I said, by in January at some point, I will start and publish my podcast Mm -hmm. and I will release an episode every single week for the entire year and I'm going to commit and I've done it it's June and I'm still producing stuff so every week I haven't missed one yet so I'm proud of myself for that commitment and so yeah I started it a year before but I didn't do anything because I was too scared okay so um now six months into podcasting half a year halfway towards your your first school how do you like it what do you like about it I love the the conversations that I have, mm-hmm. I'm having. I love meeting people from all walks of life. I've interviewed some people who have done some fascinating things, have really moved me with their stories. And mm-hmm. I've learned a lot. 
like I was saying that I would like, I try to craft each episode. So it's got a takeaway that has got a lesson that an entrepreneur or small business owner can learn from it. Mm -hmm. But I personally learned from every episode as well, talking to each of these guests. And I love that. And that's one of the reasons why I, I thought it'd be great to do a podcast as well, because I'd have random calls for people or I'd meet people for a meeting and we'd be having fascinating conversations. And I'm like, this is such a good discussion. I wish that other people could hear it. And then I thought that's exactly what a podcast is, right? And so I love that. Awesome. And so, I mean, obviously your agency and your podcast, they share a name. They've got some brand elements in common, but uh, what about the relationship between your, your podcast and your business? How are they connected for you? And what have you seen kind of emerge for your business as a result of podcasting? It wasn't intended to be a direct product of the agency per se. Mm -hmm. There's obviously correlations, like you said, between the fact that, that the agency's tagline is the No Bullshit Agency. The podcast is called No Bullshit Talks. I guess it's more connected to my personal brand and mm -hmm. I'm known to be what people would say is authentically authentic because I will say what I feel uh, all the time. I am no bullshit and that is me as a personal brand. And so obviously I'm the founder of the agency and therefore the personal brand leaks into that and obviously the podcast. So there's definitely correlations between the two. And again, the agency, so the, the agency name is Complex Creative. And a lot of our clients are small business owners and entrepreneurs. So the same target audience is there. And again, because of the lessons of each one, the way I'm now utilizing it as a business tool is that a potential client will come to us and say, we have this problem, we'd love to be able mm -hmm. to solve it. And I'm like, actually, I just spoke about that on a podcast recently. And in this episode, you should totally reach out to this person who is my guest. They are so knowledgeable in this area. Um, but obviously, take a listen to the podcast. It's only like 45 minutes to an hour. If you're listening to that and you find value from it, I will make an introduction. So actually, it's helped me do my job better and actually service my clients in a more fulfilling way because I'm able to add extra value to their issues and introduce them to valuable contacts. Um, so I found that amazing. I mean, that's fantastic. And what a gift to your guests as well. I mean, that's really taking the kind of the networking power of a podcast up to the next level. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I do think that's exactly it. I think that if you get good guests in, you can also give back to them. And obviously mm -hmm. it's great PR for the guests anyway, like, you mm -hmm. know, getting themselves out there, getting their name out there. They are basically an industry expert and every conversation is that it is scripted around them being an expert in what they do and they are being able to teach or deliver a lesson on something they've learned and their experience. So. It obviously puts them in a good light anyway, mm -hmm. but I do love that extra kind of step. And we're doing more now. So we're actually now trying to turn each of those podcast episodes into a blog post. And then we're going to like promote that. And then each person I'm going to reach back out to and ask them, actually, you know, do you have a, a sample chapter from your book or something like that that you can give away? We'll promo that and then a link to their site for sales and all that kind of stuff. So I would love to hope that our podcast episodes are also helping them achieve their brand goals or their sales goals too because that would just be really nice a holistic benefit from the podcast for sure yeah it's, it's really a you know rising tide floating all boats mentality that you're bringing to this and then i really love that and that level of repurposing too is, is only good for the business i mean you can take it we often advise people you know hey great you've got all these guests 
well, good outline your book, populate it with conversations from people who can add to it. Then you've got a bunch of invested promotional partners. Yeah, if you do that uh, kind of intentional thinking and planning at the beginning, you can take it a really, really long way. And it's really exciting Yeah, for nerds who like big projects. Yeah, well, that's it. (laughs) You could totally, you could totally go over and over again. And I've even started thinking, actually, I could re-interview some of the guests as kind of like a part two and stuff like that. And it could be really great. So there's so much potential with podcasting, I think. Absolutely. Perfect. So that's all like kind of this content engine that's working for your business. But I know you have a tremendous amount of experience. You do this professionally, you've done this for a while, uh, in branding, that nebulous ephemeral concept that we're all supposed to understand really well. How did you get into branding type work? What does it even really mean in digital marketing or in working online? Yeah, I mean, branding means something different to everyone when I speak to them. <laughs> I really on a daily basis, I'm having to correct people about what branding actually mm-hmm. means. And I probably about an hour before this podcast, I actually sent an email trying to explain to someone what branding is and what it isn't because they were basically like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. We love our new logo. Can you now like update our entire website to reflect the branding? And I was like, well, that's not a quick job. And they wanted it done by yesterday. And they thought it just meant changing the logo and the colors and everything else stayed the same. And I had to explain to them why that wasn't the case. And they just didn't understand. So it is a difficult thing. And I think that so many people don't understand it. And I think that's because it is an incredibly complex subject. And I mm-hmm. think it's underestimated. And that's probably because there are so many people out there who are trying to make a quick buck. So we're trying to sell branding courses and all this kind of stuff, right? They're like, develop an amazing brand for your business. And when they're saying that, they mean they want you to jump on Canva, pick a color you like, pick a font that you like, and that's supposedly your brand. And this has become synonymous with what branding is. And I know I've offended a bunch of people out there, but if you actually believe that that's what it is and you actually are selling that as a service then you probably deserve to be offended by that sorry but you know it's not what it is and it's (laughs) offensive to everyone who has spent years and years in branding of actually knowing how to do brand strategy and the the immense research that goes into it it is not just log on to canva pick a color pick a font and that's your branding because that's what a lot of people do and it's offensive personally (laughs) how do you really feel about this? Because you might be sugarcoating it. Here, how, how do you really feel about <laughs> You can see where the personal brand of no bullshit comes from, right? It's like, it's just... I do, and, and I, I can't begin to tell you how much I'm enjoying it. I love it. So the, the mic is yours. For the record, what is correct branding? How should we be thinking about it? I was just thinking about how when I said that there's nothing on um, on rant, so I just basically did a mini one there, right? <laughs> oh, we're going to cut that. We're going to get make a clip of that for you and you, you can send that everywhere. You put that all over the place. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so I guess correct branding, again, I could talk about it for ages. So to mm-hmm. simplify it, branding is not just the visual element of what you see. It's how your brand makes people feel emotionally, how they connect to it and how it's reflected, how you want the brand to be seen and how other people perceive your brand. There's different elements of of branding and like brand perception and then Mm -hmm. there's brand loyalty. How many customers of yours come back to you over and over again, regardless if you're more expensive than other people? If a competitor came out who had the same product, they wouldn't shift because that's brand loyalty because they believe in who you are as a company or how that makes you feel. And I always use Apple as an example, 
because their brand loyalty is off the scale. I mean, it doesn't even make any logical sense. And I am saying this as one of those suckers who have been completely bought into the Apple universe that makes zero sense. It's like, okay, I'm going to produce a phone that's actually inferior by tech to all my competitors, charge double the price, but yet make way more sales. And I don't understand it. But there I am on the Apple Upgrade program, making sure I get the brand new phone every single year. I don't understand it. It makes no logic, but I am one of those people bought into it. You are logically and emotionally consistent with your beliefs about branding. (laughs) That's a great thing. It's just like, it's like, it makes no sense. But they have amazing brand loyalty. I Mm -hmm. always use them when I'm doing naming projects and visual branding because people are always like, oh, my company is called XYZ, so therefore I need an icon that represents that exact same thing because, you know, and the name has to be so representative of the brand. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be. I was like, take again, Apple. What has that got to do with computers or anything? Like, there's Mm -hmm. no correlation to it. It's actually more about the marketing of the brand than the actual name itself. And again, how do MacBooks or iPhones make people feel they feel cool they feel trendy they feel like they're you know in with the you go to different places and you'll see everyone there with a MacBook Mm -hmm. working they don't see them with a Dell or like you know an HP laptop because they just don't look cool they want to have like the trendy gadgets and it's just Apple has done that to people and Mm -hmm. they've made an incredible brand every year people tune in to see a keynote about the products that are going to be released. Nothing's actually like, they could also just read it in a thing later, but people tune into this. It's like they build it up like it's a big event, like it's a mm-hmm. movie premiere and people turn up. I turn up, I watch it. I'm like, oh my God, it's the Apple event coming. What's coming out? Oh no, it's another overpriced gadget that I can't afford, but somehow I'm going to make myself afford and I know I'm going to buy every single one of them. And oh, actually, there's no different from the previous version, but I need to have this new one. I don't know how they do it to people, but they have somehow built up an insanely successful brand. And that's all Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Definitely. I mean, I'm going to confess to you now, I'm a PC user, always have been. And it is my personal belief that Apple hates podcasters. I don't know if we can talk anymore. I I know my business partner has been trying to get me to switch for years and I won't do it. (laughs) Once you go mad, you'll never go back. (laughs) But it is for cool, trendy people. And I am not cool. Never have been (laughs) very proud of that. So uh, a company maybe not quite as big as Apple, but you know, who is convinced branding well, it's a worthy investment to make in a business. Would you say there's, is it possible to have like a minimum viable brand? What, how would someone who is kind of maybe being like, you know, we need, we need something, we need to have this consistency, we need to create this feeling. How might someone go about it kind of starting from the ground up? I mean, and let's say, you know, both on the, what should they be looking for in a third party service provider or if they're going to, you know, go in house and try to knock it together themselves? Yeah. So I'd say that again, because branding is so big, are you approaching that from a visual perspective again? Because most people, when they talk about branding, they are talking about visual perspective. They go, oh, we need a brand. They are purely talking visual most of the time. But what I would say is that if you're starting out, you don't know where to start and you need a brand in, in those words, as you put. The one thing that I would say is just know who you are. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know who you are and what makes you different and who you're talking to, then you just can't create a brand. 
if you want to go to theory and they talk about, you know, that's where they talk about target audience and USPs. And that's, those are the buzzwords around what I've just said, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the basics come down to who are you as a company or an individual if it's a personal brand or whatever. Okay, so you might offer a certain service or products. That's not who you are. Who are you truly? What do you love? What drives you? What are your passions? What is your mission? Like, what are you out there to achieve in the world? You need to know the answer to that and really Mm -hmm. know the answer to that. And then what makes you different? So why choose you over all the other people who are probably doing what you do? And the amount of people that come to me and say, and I say, who are your competitors? And they go, no one doesn't exist (laughs) and whilst that may be the sort of case in a very 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 few situations it's almost never the case so Mm -hmm. someone's doing something similar along similar lines and you know i'll bring when i do my research i'll bring up these companies and i go okay here's some credit oh no no we're so different and i'm like so tell me how they go we're just really different we just do things way better and they they can't even answer the question Mm -hmm. And so you really need to know how you can distinguish yourself from your competitors. What makes you different? Why would I, and this is the other thing about new brands, right? You could go in as the lower one, you could like as in low price and that's what you're doing. You're just going in at a low level and you're just undercutting people on price. And so, okay, so it's like the budget version of X company. That could be your positioning, fine. But a lot of people go, oh no, we're more premium. So why are people going to pay more for your product? And that's what the question you need to be able to answer answer is, is why would I pick you over a brand that's already currently been established? It's been around for years. People know it's good. It's affordable. There's nothing really wrong with it. So why should I move away from this brand that I know is decent? It may not be great. It might not be that happy with it, but I know it's okay. Why should I move to you? Because there is that cost for switching. And there are brands that you've probably, you probably shop with and you probably pay money to that you probably don't even like. And, and <laughs> I've got that. I hate I hate the fact that I give money to companies that I actually just do not agree with. Like every bank. Right. And there's just people with bad practices and you just think, why am I giving money to you? But the alternatives, just hassle. And at the end of the day, we're all quite selfish. We want the best for us. And mm-hmm. so you're going to have to give me a real reason for me to use your products or service and, and move away from what I've got because I just can't be bothered to switch. And that's what a lot of people are going to be like. And so if you want a minimum viable brand, I'd say first is just know, know who you are, really, really know who you are and who is your target audience. Who are you really trying to win over as your clients or customers Mm -hmm. and be really specific the more specific you can be the better Mm -hmm. it's like you know people got beauty brands like oh we're targeting women okay so (laughs) what women and they're like oh like youngish women professionals okay again i'm gonna narrow you down like you know are they so youngish does that mean like 16 and i go no professionals it's like there are 16 year olds now who run their own business that is professional do they count they're like nope needs to be between 40 and 50 okay we're getting something and i was like so where do they shop you go really granular and you say like okay actually my target audience are 40 to 50 year old women who are actually married with children they actually shop at xyz they have an income of this this and this they actually Mm -hmm. like certain bands and brands and all that kind of stuff and the more specific you are you can craft every message and every marketing thing that you put out there to literally directly be talking to these people. 
Because people do social media all the time and they mm-hmm. put generic stuff over there. But the generic stuff doesn't work because you're just talking to everyone and you're not really connecting mm-hmm. to anyone. So if you actually think of someone and we go as far as creating characters, we yeah. sketch them out. Yeah, and multiple personas, right? So we'll actually, I've got characters to people to get, we actually like draw them. We actually tell you their life story they would give a backstory and it's so detailed and i'm like hey so if you wanted to talk to like angela just been through a divorce you know her dog's really sick right now how are you going to communicate with her because she's just not listening she's got a lot of stress going on and Mm -hmm. so you know you you build up that thing and that way you actually craft a message even if you're talking to one person that one person but that message is so tuned to that one person they are truly listening back and they are actually hearing what you have to say you're more likely going to convert that person to a customer than just have this generic message that doesn't really fit well with anyone that's really interesting and so kind of what i'm hearing and let me know if i'm absorbing this correctly because i've always been the reluctant brander i'll be fair about that (laughs) so really it's you know getting clear on who you are as a person and how that's going to be reflected in your business and then it's almost like starting with the communication element it's starting with how you would do messaging rather than, you know, picking your colors or getting your logo designed. Would that be a fair statement? I totally think that's a fair assessment because I think that how do you pick your colors without understanding what you're trying to communicate? Because colors have been behind it. There's a whole thing about color psychology, you know, and it's like the fonts are the same sort of thing. What are they trying to say? It all comes down to communication. You are correct by saying that. Like, what message are you trying to tell your customers with your colors? That's the same sort of thing. So, I would definitely understand the communication part of branding first before you even think about colors, for sure. Really, really cool. And so what do you think, would that kind of also be reflected in, say, like your your mission, vision and value statements that a lot of companies have? Is that part of like the work yeah. that you do that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. And those statements are kind of, re, they're in a lot of different, like, you know, classic documents. Mm-hmm. People talk about the, you know, your business plan, which people start with. And, and again, I say people start with, most people don't start with actually probably is probably more accurate actually we should start with it's also in a marketing plan it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a lot of things and it's there for a reason because if you don't know those then you probably just wading your way through sort of aimlessly and not really sure where you're going and i always say that because same as any journey Mm -hmm. because business is a journey that you go on if you go on a journey and you don't even know your destination, how on earth are you going to get there? You Best just line. can't. <laughs> so it's the same as business. If you don't set your goals and your plan, mm-hmm. how on earth are you going to get? You're just walking aimlessly through the desert or whatever, you know, and you're just never going to get to your destination. So it's the same sort of thing. And we apply this stuff in life or in other situations that are so familiar to us, but we mm-hmm. don't do it in business, which is a problem. Well, I think people are, are so worried about you know, feeling inauthentic. And so, you know, you're the, you're the expert who's authentically authentic. And it kind of sounds like this approach to branding, this way of understanding it sort of solves that problem. It's, it's almost the answers in the question, what is branding? Well, it's who you are. And as the circle continues that way, how did you come to realize that? I mean, obviously I've done branding training and I've done all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but you mentioned this authenticity thing and you've mentioned that people fear being inauthentic. And actually, this is the thing. I think that Approaching branding as an exercise is almost like you are being inauthentic Mm -hmm. in that sense. Actually, it's the opposite. If you are just true to yourself and true to who you are and your messaging is just 
this is what you want to do and this is why you want to do it and this is the reason why you started the business and all that sort of stuff your mission your and your vision and all that stuff will come out naturally mm-hmm. but if you try to craft a message about what you think other people want to hear or what you think is the right thing or what you think is trendy at the moment and business is successful for that's when it becomes inauthentic and that's when you're less likely to succeed because if you don't truly connect with that vision, it's not going to come out. You just don't know how to do that. Whereas mm-hmm. I think if you have true passion for it and you truly believe in it, it's very easy to actually do your job then. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think authenticity comes in because I hear so many people say to me, how do I be authentic? And I'm like, that question is so messed up. Because it kind of is when you mention it. Yeah, it's so messed up. It is messed up. It's such a big topic. Authenticity is such a big topic. And I just think it's so messed up. It's like you're authentic by just being you, whatever that is, whether you're a really quiet, introverted person, it doesn't mean you're not going to be successful in business. You are just need to adapt to where your strengths and your weaknesses are. You should still be you. Don't try and shout from the rooftop or don't try to be overly extrovert because you're just going to cause pain for yourself and it's going to come across unnatural and it's not going to be right so being authentic is literally being you no matter what that is and that's why I also have a little bit of an issue and I've mentioned the term personal brand already but I have a little bit of an issue with it because there are people out there who craft personal brands for people and I have nothing against these people because I think that what they do a lot of the time is exceptional work and they hone in on those people's true strengths and just highlight it and and teach them how to communicate that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's excellent. But what I don't agree with is are people who say, I need to craft a personal brand and they work with someone to craft something that's not actually them, that they craft this whole persona of who they are in the business world, in a professional setting, and it doesn't correlate with who they really are as a person in the personal world. And they think it works and it might work, but essentially you're just creating a character. That's just a character of your business self. That's not you, that's not a personal brand. And it comes out later. And it must get exhausting eventually. Exactly. That is the one that the main thing. It's like you are consistently having to act and you can never really give it your all, never actually give your business your full 100% best you because you are never being you. So actually you're doing your business an injustice by being someone else because you actually can't give it your 100% because it's just not you anyway. Oh, I'm going to have to sit and percolate on all of that a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. So if someone is now listening to this and thinking, all right, this is the person who's going to help me finally get some branding together. Yeah. Uh, where do they find you and how do they work with you? So it's also ironic considering like I'm all over social media and I sort of have a personal brand apparently. But this is also, again, why I have an issue with it. People come to me and go, you have such a strong personal brand. I was like, I don't. I don't have one because I didn't craft one. I'm just me. You've got a strong personality and you communicate it well. <laughs> and that's probably a lot more accurate, right? And I'm just me and I'm just very opinionated whether it's good or bad. But I am on social media. Uh, LinkedIn is always a good place to find me. But I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram. So you can find me on on any of those profiles. And yeah, what I would say is I'm not going to be the right person to do branding for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I am extremely honest and I do have this no bullshit approach. I will be right for the people who want to do that 
who mm-hmm. don't want to be fake and they don't want to create something that isn't them because I don't resonate with that and I don't take on those sort of clients. So I only work with people who actually want to be the best version of themselves they can be or they want to create a brand that, so for example, even business brands, I do a lot, I do a lot of that sort of stuff. And it's really about people who have got a company, maybe they're running a product or service and they have been doing it for years, but actually they just started and they don't really understand. They don't believe they even have a brand because that's where most of our clients come from. They've been mm-hmm. going for two, three years. They started it in a rush and they suddenly go, actually, we're doing quite well. We need to do this properly. And that's where <laughs> we come in. And we do the whole brand messaging and everything like that. So they now know how to market their services and communicate that properly going forward. Fantastic. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining here and sharing fantastic wisdom on branding. Oh, no problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us again on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. I'm Megan Doherty, and this show is created by the whole team at One Stone Creative. If you feel like social media sucks and should suck less, join us in the podcast social club where we work together to get the traction we need on the platforms we may need, but don't adore. Find out more at onestonecreative.net slash podcast social club. That's O-N-E stonecreative.net slash podcast social club.